every lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. And this week we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 11. Blood and Circuses. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about this episode? I love this episode because I love all of the circus episodes. They they bring me joy. Oh, yeah. I love the circus aspect of it. I There are two things that I don't like about it. One is that I don't think it really makes very much sense. <laughs> but that's not new. <laughs> Like, the murder is just a little confusing, kind of. And two, I really feel like we are teased with Samson the Strongman. Like, where is the romance? True. I, I want... didn't even think about that aspect of it. You didn't? Oh my god, I could think of nothing else. Well, like, when I first, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is the love interest. But I never realized, like, I never really thought about the fact that that is never followed up on. Which is, yes. it's a huge disappointment to everyone involved. And by that, I mean just me, and apparently not you. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess because last episode there wasn't really any love interest either, so I'm just sort of like, whatever. But last episode there wasn't one dangled, you know? True. The last two episodes, actually, because Queen of the Flowers there wasn't one, and then Death by Misadventure there wasn't one either. Yeah, it's true. But I do and like... I lo- say, oh, Jack is becoming the love interest, except no. No, no. Not really that either. <laughs> he's He's back to being a little bit of an obstructionist. Yeah. It's kind of weird, he barely helps. But I do love all the circus costumes. Um, I wish that there was more actual circus shown on screen. We really don't get very much at all. But, you know. That's true. Yeah. But more to come in the series, so. True. True. All right, well. Um, but yeah, the murder plot is very convoluted, which we'll discuss. Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about it because I'm honestly still not sure I understand what happened. <laughs> or there, I really had there to, are parts of it I, I really had to work to understand. So, <laughs> and I've watched this a lot of times. <sighs> all right. Okay. Um, so the cold open is a circus, of course, um, and we see, like, various circus acts happening, and I don't know, which, the MC, the, what's the ringmaster, is going through his spiel, um, and then there's also, like, sort of cut in with a focus on a woman who has half a mustache, and she appears to be, like, she's looking in the mirror, she's sort of talking to herself, um, and then the ringmaster announces a vanishing act, but when the lovely assistant opens the door to the vanishing box, the woman with the half mustache is in there, stabbed to death with a snake around her neck, and also close up, you can see, clearly see bruising around her neck, and everyone freaks out. Yeah. Well, there's, there's knives stuck right, around. Right, right, yeah. She's also, like, been stabbed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, except for that it's confusing. <laughs> Yep, and there's a lot of, like, we see a lot of the characters from that come in later in the episode just sort of, like, cut in at the beginning, but you yeah. don't really know who any of them are. So. And then, is is the assistant who opens the door to the box, is that Amelia? Yeah, or, yeah, okay. that's Miss Parks. All right. Amelia. Okay. Yep. Um, so then in the next scene, a very large man appears at Miss Fisher's house and where, like, she and the gang are just, like, gleefully eating cake batter or something. (laughs) 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 Um, and then she's, like, totally disturbed to see him, um, obviously. Yeah, like, Mr. Butler comes in and announces that Mr. Sampson from the circus is here and she's, like, very, like, she gets all weird and it's like, oh, that's someone I knew a long time ago. Yeah, and I'm like, what, this, this gigantic, beautiful man? You're not excited to see him? (laughs) So beautiful. <laughs> like, I love how he's, like, in the parlor, and she's, like, very, like, dramatically enters the parlor, and then Jane and Dot are just, like, like open mouth staring at him. <gasps> Who's that tall drink of water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have in my notes that they are old friends, but unfortunately not old friends, if you know what I mean. 
Well, it seems like maybe they're old friends, but not like old friends. If they're not uh, revisiting their friendship in this episode. Yeah. Well, I think that it's implied that the last time they see each other, they were children. Oh. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, you've ate your vegetables." Yeah. Yeah. Which is like almost seems like a come on line, but then it's also like not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. We also established that he's a strong man. His name is Samson, and we never get to see him doing some kind of shirtless strongman act, so that's disappointing. Yeah, a real missed opportunity, frankly. Yeah. I mean, Miss Fisher runs around in that see-through dress the whole episode. Like, why can't we get some man objectification? He does break the lock off that box later in the episode, but that's really the only, like, feat of strength. Well, he carries the box. But he's also, like, wearing a three-piece suit when he does that. Yeah, I he's see some... really fully clothed. I want to see some biceps. <sighs> Now I'm I'm feeling sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's there because he wants Miss Fisher to help investigating the murder, which turns out was the victim was Miss Christopher. Um, And also Miss Fisher gives him an update about the disappearance of her sister, which he, I guess, knew about. Yeah, and she says they caught Murdoch Foyle for kidnapping another child, but he never confessed to taking Jamie. And what's that? We thought this plot had been laid to rest in the last episode, but it's rearing its ugly head again. Only you thought that, Mackenzie. You're right. (laughs) The rest of us want to know what happens next. Yeah, I guess so. I just continuously, Um, the first time I watched the season, whenever this plot came up, I felt it was distracting from the romance that I wanted to see between Miss Fisher and Jack. I was like, less of this, more kissing. But I never, (laughs) I I didn't get it, so. No, no, you got more Murdoch Foyle and way less kissing. But, you know, it's, uh... It uh, it precipitates some some heavy glances and oh anyway. the next Mackenzie the next episode I know I can't wait it's Ugh, coming I can't wait uh, so, so, like, after I finished watching this one like the beginning of the next episode started and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah I can't even I mean I probably shouldn't be speaking in a public forum about how much I love this episode. <laughs> One scene in particular. Oh, All right. Yeah. Fanning myself off over here. <laughs> All right. So then next, Miss Fisher takes Samson to the station and they're pleading their case for help with the investigation. But Jack, lo and behold, has not been assigned to the case. Some other undoubtedly useless person has been. Uh, it turns out to be Senior Sergeant Grossmith, who seems like he's going to be a problem. Of course. And then Jack assigns Hugh to help him out. Yeah. Um, also, Friday's, like, complaining that Grossmith has been uh, assigned to the case. And it's like, he's not the most diligent officer. And I have my notes. Obviously not. That is obviously Jack. <laughs> there is no way this Grossmith character is a more diligent police officer than Jack is. No one could be because Jack never leaves the office. <laughs> yeah, workaholic. Oh, um, not healthy, but... Very diligent. No, no. Well, he's going through a tough divorce. I mean, oops, spoiler. Um, Jack also asks why Phryne isn't investigating, but she doesn't really say, so. Yeah, it's a tense he's moment. He's, like, kind of suspicious that he's not looking into it herself. And she never reveals to him the reason, does she? Not in this episode. No, she does, because they talk about it. Because he knows about Murdoch Foyle, so I think he uh, figures it out. Right, at the, at the end. At the end, yeah. they discuss it, right. Yeah. Um, so then Samson convinces Miss Fisher to come back to the carnival to investigate, um, even though it has bad memories. And um, I have in my notes, this guy is one of the hottest love interests of all three seasons, and it's criminal that it amounts to nothing. Criminal. But he really, I just really think he's one of the most attractive ones, because there's sometimes they're kind of, like, not cute. 
And thinking, yeah, well, he's, he seems like a nice guy, too. Like, he's kind of, like... Yeah, he just seems like a real nice dude with, like, really big arms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a heart of gold. He's very, very tall. He's probably he a six-pack. Nice yeah, just, yeah, just a real all-rounder there. <laughs> um, so then she agrees. After she, he like sort of twists her arm, but he doesn't have to try that hard. Yeah. Well, she twists his arm later, which I don't really love, but yeah. Um. So then back at the house, uh, Miss Fisher starts trying on various absurd costumes <laughs> so that she can go undercover at the circus, and she looks so silly. With she's got like a like a feather bikini on over like another top, <laughs> a ridiculous wig. <laughs> Where does she have that wig? What for? For for her work. It's, you know, part of her profession that she has to be in disguise sometimes. Oh my god, I love Undercover Miss Fisher. What's your favorite Undercover Miss Fisher of all time? Um, let's see. Mine's the fan dance. Definitely the fan dance, yep. <laughs> it's gotta be the fan dance, yeah. It's gotta be the fan dance. I mean... I like the other circus episode where she is like lowered from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like all the the circus undercover work she does, but the oh, yeah. dance is unparalleled. Oh yeah. Um, um, but really, I think I per- honestly prefer undercover dot. Undercover dot. Well, that can be a separate category. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in this scene. So Samson is waiting in the in the parlor, like drinking this like enormous glass of tea or ale or something. I don't know what's in it, but it's like it's like too proportioned with his body, and it's really funny. It's just like gigantic. Oh my god! Yes. So then Friday comes into the parlor where Sam is drinking from a very large glass, and she's in disguise, and she asks if it's too much, and Sam says it's just enough, but honestly, I think it's maybe too much. That's it might be too opinion. much. It might it's be too, too much. much. The braid is so long. It's so and then, long. And then she just, like, wears it the entire episode. I'm like, this is obviously a, an outfit for performance. Yeah, I was like, okay, if you're going to get on a trapeze, that would be great. But you, you don't need to wear it to the police station. But it, it, I do think that it's an awesome dress. Mm. You don't like it? I like More it. More on this later. Ooh, I sense some conflict in our future. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Also, it's so funny how, like, the braid is just, like, it's the bob is so poorly concealed inside of the braid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. Oh, um, anyways. So, the circus. Yeah, and Miss Fisher has a brief flashback of sneaking under the circus tent with a with her sister as as a child. Um, so then the boss is the ringmaster guy is telling someone named Amelia that he doesn't have any job for her except for taking over the peep show. And this is where I get confused because I do not understand why she can't be the assistant anymore. Does she not want to do it? What's what's going on there? Oh, it's because she's worried. Um, I mean, yeah, this isn't a spoiler because everyone's seen the episode. So she's worried that because she, so she sees Miss Christopher and Mr. Sheridan, like, together, and... She's worried Mr. Sheridan is going to throw the knife at her? No, no, she's, and she, like, is, like, really shocked, and she says, she, she said things that, like, offended Miss Christopher, and then she can't really remember, like, she has an epileptic fit and can't remember mm-hmm. what she did next, so she's convinced that she killed Miss Christopher. But so why can't she be the assistant anymore? What does that have to do with- She's worried that, like, she's worried that she's gonna have another fit and just, like, lose her, like, not remember or, like, do something that she's not. So I think she doesn't want to perform anymore. Huh, except in the peep show. 
well, <laughs> grudgingly agrees to do the peep show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess on, um, I don't know, maybe it's just she's so upset because, like, he opened the door and she saw Miss Christopher dead. Like, that would be pretty upsetting. That's you might not want to go back out on the stage and do the same thing again. Yeah. Well, so then um, our fearless hero, Fern, a.k.a. Miss Fisher, uh, gives her sales pitch to the ringmaster. And it's just another implausible undercover job interview, like, just like last week. <laughs> Except it's Miss, like, oh, conveniently. Yeah. The position just opened up. <laughs> except Miss Fisher can do more than make tea. She can juggle and do tumbling, allegedly. We never get to see her do it, though, so. Yeah. And despite these skills uh, that she professes to have, she gets the job as the magician's assistant, which is, doesn't really involve much, except for being tied down and having knives thrown at her. Also, Mr. Jones, the ring ringmaster, says that Fern looks familiar. And my question is, does he, like, is he thinking of Phryne as a young child? Does he know who she is because she's, like, in the newspaper? That's never really explored. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's the young child thing, which is totally impossible, because that was obviously at least 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and, like, if you saw someone as a child and then you saw them 30 years later as an adult, I don't think you would recognize them. Yeah, I don't think so. No. <laughs> like, you just won. <laughs> nope. Then we find out that uh, Samson is, tell- is telling Miss Fisher what he knows about the investigation, um, which is that Miss Christopher was allegedly first found working in a brothel and then joined the circus where she was much more respected. Um, and... Also, through investigating, Miss Fisher learned that Miss Christopher had saved up a lot of money, which is unusual because all of the performers were supposed to be paid the same amount, but it looks like she got a, a, some sort of large bonus, some large amount of cash, and she was also making payments to a doctor for an unknown reason. Yes. Did um, I get it all? <laughs> yes, you did. Good job. Great. <laughs> um, and they, the, the only thing that you missed was that they were creeping around in her tent. Right, yeah. Like, rifling through her face. Which is a suspicious thing to be doing to a murder victim, you know, just in case, like, the police come along, but whatever. <laughs> also, like, undercover Phryne is, like, very obviously investigating the murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so, yeah, then next she just goes and, like, like tries to talk to all these different people in the circus, starting with a snake charmer, who seems just, like, deeply unsympathetic. Well, yeah, and, like, Fern immediately brings up the murder for Bryony. Immediately yeah. brings it up. I'm like, you don't lead with that if you're undercover, but whatever. It's a TV show and it works for her, so. Yeah, and then also, I mean, there's that hilarious moment where she's like, oh, sounds horrible, and the snake charmer is like, yeah, my poor snake was in that box with the corpse. Like, so that's funny. Uh, <laughs> the snake charmer, whose name I believe is Doreen. Oh, I never got her name. I just I- called her snake lady the whole time. Yeah, I think her name is Doreen, and she's wearing a really ugly costume. <laughs> it's really bad, the and her pants. hair is really bad. Yeah, her hair is the worst. The whole thing is bad. Yeah. Um, um, and she, she, like, threatens Miss Fisher as well, if she for about, yeah. like, her getting too close to the magician Sheridan. Yeah, well, assistant. she says that Miss Christopher is taking advantage and crying to Sheridan every night about her trouble. Yeah, and this was another thing that was confusing, because I, like, immediately wrote down, like, her boyfriend or whatever. And then it's like, definitely, that's not the case. I don't know. Um, it's like she's imagining this romance with Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. I think the snake lady is trying to get with Sheridan and was probably jealous of Miss Christopher because she was actually with Sheridan. Yeah, true. 
So then we go to the police station where Hugh is helping Grossmith um, with the investigation. But Grossmith really just wants to go get a drink. More like take a break. And Hugh's like, I think we should be investigating. And Grossmith's like, well, you know, (laughs) rush. More like gross incompetence, am I right? (laughs) 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 Um, I I wrote that he's in. Sorry, what? I said hilarious joke. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I wrote that Grossmith is engaging in typical lazing about, as, you know, <laughs> as the obviously useless other policeman, which is the only other kind of policeman we ever see. Well, yeah, he's useless. Everyone except Jack and Hugh is useless, and Hugh is kind of useless some of the time. And I would add that they're at best useless, and at worst, openly corrupt. And I actually, I'm not sure there's really many examples of ones who aren't also just corrupt. Maybe on, yeah. maybe on Murder on the Ballarat train, they're just useless. I think they're just useless in that one. But yeah, there's a lot of, in other episodes, there's a lot of crooked cops in this show. (laughs) It's definitely a theme. A murder mystery staple. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, then Hugh and Grossmith head to the pub, and on the way there, they they come across some kind of altercation with a rather shifty-looking lady and two dudes who are fighting with her, and she alleges that they broke into their house. And then Grossmith, he calls them the Rye Boys, which, like, I don't know that their identity is actually important later on, but... And then he says, I'll start shooting and keep shooting till someone gives me a prize. <laughs> like, oh, cool. I think he's showing off with you, though. Yeah, and then he sends Hugh away to, like, or to like watch after Elsie, the, the lizard, old yeah. lizard. And he, he says something that sort of implies he put them up to it, I think, or something like that. He... Whatever he says, he's like, well, it wasn't so hard, was it? You know, like, as if he was like, we'll just stage this thing where we, you break in and then I'm going to pretend to arrest you or whatever. Maybe. Well, so I think I really was trying to piece through for my murder recap how all of this tied together. I was really trying. (laughs) So I think um, he needed to get the money that Matthew Tizard had hidden at his mom's house. Right. This was a key part of the plot, was that they needed the money. So I think maybe he put these guys up to it, but I'm not really sure. I'm really not sure. Huh. All right. Um, okay, so we never find out the answer to that. Uh, but then we find out that, I think this is more Miss Fisher-Sampson conversation, uh, Miss Christopher was threatening to leave the peep show, because, like, I mean, why wouldn't you want to leave that? Um, but the boss, uh, wouldn't, you know, he didn't like that because she was a real big moneymaker, but he mm-hmm. would never have tried to kill her because she was making all the money in the show. Yeah, and Sam is very loyal to Mr. Jones. Like, he has a lot of respect for him, doesn't want to cast suspicion on him at all. Yeah, more on that later. <laughs> so then Hugh and Gross Smith uh, return to the station, and Jack is totally unimpressed by the drinking on the job. <laughs> And oh, he, like, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. Well, flash forward a few seasons, Jack, and uh, and by a few I mean next season, uh, like three episodes from now, you might be hitting the bottle on the job. <laughs> I think that's after hours, though. Yeah, he does admit that he clocked off, but he's still sitting at his desk. I mean, come on. Yeah, anyway. but, like, as we've established, he's always at work. This was, like, they were supposed to be actively investigating. I don't know. Yeah, they just went to the pub. I mean, liquid lunch, who hasn't done it? Yeah, I did it once, and then, like, I was useless the rest of the day. (laughs) I can never do this again. (laughs) Uh, So then, um, Hugh goes off to investigate the circus, 
And I also going back to Jack, I I just love him. Like he's being so upstanding. I feel like we have a lot of instances in this episode of Jack just being like having a heart of gold and being really upstanding and diligent. And this is one of them. Oh yeah, true. And this also we get many instances of Hugh being sort of inept, and this is one of them. <laughs> but you know what? At the at the end, Hugh redeems himself. He really does. Yeah, he does. And then in the next scene, Mr. Sheridan is rehearsing with Miss Fisher. And I also want to note another confusing plot point. He is listed as a magician throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. She's assisting the magician, and all we ever see him do is throw knives. Okay, so he does the vanishing cabinet too, but like, which one is it? Is he a knife thrower or is he a magician? The the knives are thrown with magic. I think that's what you don't don't understand. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, in that case, if it's like a Wingardium Leviosa situation, I guess. They're guided by magic. Guided by magic. All right. All right. Um, And so then she uses this opportunity to question him a little bit. He reveals that he fainted when he saw the body, and then he sends Miss Fisher off to find a costume from Amelia. Um, And Amelia is very distressed, and yeah. I, I noticed I noted in this scene that Fern, Bryony's character, has a lot of quips about what her mom used to say. And it's like a little, it's, she lays it on pretty thick. She does. And it, it's funny that it's also like with the Australian accent as well, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, uh, but Essie Davis is Australian, right? She's not English. Yeah. Okay. So it's a real accent. I'm pr- yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we find out that um, Miss Christopher asked Amelia for a loan because she wanted to have, um, do we find out about the surgery in this scene? She wanted the surgery, right? Um, no, I don't think this is when we find out about the surgery. Because Amelia just says that she needed, Miss Christopher needed six, 50 pounds, so she went in and was worried she wouldn't pay it back, and Miss Christopher got kind of offended. Yeah, and then she felt really bad, so she went to Miss Christopher's tent to apologize and saw something she shouldn't have. Miss Christopher and Mr. Sheridan, presumably, and getting it on. He was throwing some knives, if you know what I mean. That's not a good one. That's not a good one. The circus is no. tough. The circus is tough for workplace romance innuendo. But let me know. This is, we are three for three, three episodes in the row in a row with an illicit workplace romance. Huh? Wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Huh. Queen, of the, Queen of the Flowers came in between Away with the Fairies and Death by Misadventure. But still, we got I a mean, lot. Queen of the Flowers had some illicit romances. That's true, yeah. But we didn't make any good innuendos about that. No, because it was sad and horrible. Yeah. Oof. Well, anyway. <laughs> um. So then next, uh, back at the station, Hugh has found a prior arrest record for murder amongst the circus suspects. And Grossmith is further just like a smarmosaurus rex. And he's like, good work, Collins. We've solved the murder. (laughs) Oh, he's so, he has such a stupid face and he's just kind of want to punch it the whole time. Oh, for sure. A punchable face, 100% with that widow's peak. Um, so then next, Miss Fisher is eating some circus slop, which she seems kind of unhappy about. Yeah, she's really not. She's like, this isn't what Mr. Butler would make. Yeah. <laughs> she's thinking she doesn't say that. Yeah. It appears to be, like, baked beans. <laughs> um, and then she's accosted by a creepy clown man who's like, what are you looking at? And he's wearing, I think his makeup is very modern zombie makeup. Like, I'm not sure that really, that's, yeah. it's not, it seems like an anachronism to me, but who am I to say? And then the snake lady tells Fern to do the dishes, and she's, like, really trying to haze her, I guess. It's the a real... lady's just unpleasant. Yeah, it's a real Regina George move. She's, like, definitely a mean girl in the circus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, um, and just at that moment, Hugh shows up to arrest Amelia, and it's kind of weird. Like, I thought we were going to get another, like, 
like Hugh double take who's this person under cover scene, but he doesn't notice her. And neither does Grossmith, which is weird. No, they do later though. They do Grossmith. later. Yeah, Grossmith recognizes her later, but not in this scene. Yeah. And Miss Fisher's like, what's that about? And Samson's like, it was all over the papers. You didn't know? Um, so back at the station, we find out from the newspapers that she was tried for murder because she failed to catch her husband on the trapeze and he fell to his death. Right. Um, because she was having a seizure at the time because she had undiagnosed epilepsy. And so then her sentence was commuted because she didn't know she had epilepsy. Yeah. And I would like to note that in, if she and her husband were in a flying trapeze act, it is very unlikely that she would be the catcher. The catcher is usually a large <laughs> dude. She would have probably been the flyer and she wouldn't have been catching anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it kind of yeah. seems like they're all flying around. You usually will see... There's one guy, and it's he's in what's called a catcher's hang. He's just hanging upside down. Yep. That's the catcher, and he stays that way for most of the show, like if you watch closely. And then it's usually much smaller people, not necessarily women, but smaller people that fly, and they're caught. <laughs> huh. So it wouldn't have been her. I just don't think it would have been her. I mean, I don't know. I don't do flying trapeze, but I've seen a lot of it, and I, I don't think that that's how it works. Well, maybe her husband was a midget. That's <laughs> true. Maybe. That's true. We don't know anything about the husband. Yeah, but she's quite petite. We don't petite. know anything about their act. Yeah. She's quite petite, though. Like, I, so yeah. I could be I could be a catcher, but I'm, like, bigger than her. I don't know. I, I don't think I could catch a man well, unless he was small. Huh. I don't know. But maybe it wasn't, ex- well, no, they call it the Flying Trapeze Act. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Who knows? And also, if she was having a seizure, wouldn't she have also fallen off the trapeze? But if she was the catcher, she would have been roped in, right? Well, you're not actually, you're not actually roped in. You're just holding yourself with your body, like... So if you were having a seizure, probably your feet would stop holding. Yeah, probably. I assume. (laughs) Okay, what happens at the end of the Flying Trapeze Act when the the catcher, do they ever, they never fly? Probably not, no. I, I mean, I don't think so. They just, like, get down... Would they have to, like, I don't know. Anyways, either way, it's really lazy policing because this is a very, very different circumstances than Miss Christopher's death. And her sentence was commuted because she had epilepsy. Yeah. And yeah. that was also in the newspapers. Yeah. Also, like, why, I don't understand why her sentence was commuted. Wouldn't she have just been acquitted of murder and this was not a murder, but an accidental death? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she was first convicted and then later they found out she had epilepsy and so they oh that must have been well no because it says during the trial it came out that she had epilepsy oh okay well that's before the conviction maybe that's just how they say it in australia unclear or for tv purposes (laughs) yeah i wrote in my notes at this point i still didn't remember who the murderer was this was like i just couldn't figure it out (laughs) the end Oh, same. I, yeah, same. I had no idea. I was like, maybe it's the sneak charmer, but it obviously can't be because she's like the, the first suspect that comes out. So that's the red herring. Yeah. Um, so then Miss Fisher reviews with Jack what she thinks, which is that Amelia is not responsible. And she's her suspects include Sheridan the magician, uh, Doreen the snake charmer, um, who has an imaginary romance with Sheridan, and the boss who had previously argued with Miss Christopher. Also, she does this while, like, sort of just plopping herself down on Jack's desk, and then, like, he he kind of, like, rebuffs her, and she, like, jumps off again, but she, like, really just, like, jumps up there. <laughs> and then she flashes him her circus costume, <laughs> which is, like, really a three-season classic. It is, it's a really an iconic scene, I think. <laughs> and his look, where he's just like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's, like, 
like whips open that trench coat. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Maybe she too is a little frustrated that everything has fizzled out since murder him in Mount Parnass. I know. She's like, maybe if I, maybe if he catches a load of me in this transparent dress, things will heat up again. <laughs> And she's right. She's right. (laughs) Um, So then she goes to the cell to visit Amelia, who agrees that she thinks she maybe accidentally killed Miss C. But, like, it's ridiculous to think that she would have choked, stabbed, draped a snake around the neck of Miss Christopher, and then hidden her in the vanishing cabinet um, without noticing because she was having a seizure. I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) But she can't remember what happened the night she killed her husband, so how could you be sure it hadn't happened again? Yep. Well, it's a bit flimsy, but that's what she thinks. <laughs> and then Miss Fisher, of course, knows all about epilepsy medication, um, but Amelia reveals that, like, yes, she's already been prescribed that elixir, but she doesn't take it because it makes her so tired. And, uh, yeah. Oh, this is where we find out she was hoping to have surgery. Yeah. This is where we find out that the money was for surgery, um... What we and might these days... Where Amelia... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Actually, I, I realized what I was going to say was wrong. Oh. I was going to say um, we might call that a sex reassignment surgery in modern but no. times. But no. Because she was her hermaphrodite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, we also find out that the night Miss Christopher died, Amelia had a, a spell. Where yeah. she can't remember what happened. So, like, that's why she's convinced that she might have... Yeah. Again, seems to <laughs> I don't think that's what happens when you have... An epilepsy fit, but who knows? Nope. Um, and then Amelia also, you see her, like, sort of slip, covertly slip a knife into her sleeve, mm-hmm. which seems needless. Like, she could have definitely just waited for Miss Fisher to leave and then have slipped the knife into her sleeve because they definitely just left the knife with her. So that's weird. Oh, yeah, it was just, like, in the cell. <laughs> yeah, but I guess if she'd done it when Miss Fisher wasn't there, we wouldn't have seen it, so... <laughs> And so Lizard, she she uses Lizard ringing the bell in the police station as a, like, as the covered hide. Right, yeah. Um, so we find out that Lizard, a.k.a. Elsie, but I like Lizard much better, um, <laughs> knows Jack from some of her prior arrests, and they have a, a jocular relationship. Um, and she yeah. thinks she thinks that <laughs> some guys... Horrible. Yeah, it's pretty cute, it really is. Um, and she thinks that some guys are trying to get her get into her house to steal her son's stash which he got from a burglary which he definitely didn't have anything to do with but he's got a stash um yeah yeah which is like my other comment on the scene is that this this woman lizard has very good teeth which just is very unrealistic for her character yeah she's like an aging alcoholic in the 1920s she probably wouldn't have had any teeth left yeah (laughs) Um, and my other note from this scene is that Miss Fisher has tied the absurd braid in a knot. She's just tied it in, in a big old knot. Yeah. <laughs> so the plot thickens. The hair thickens. <laughs> the hair thickens. The humongous, obvious hair piece thickens. <laughs> um, so then we go to the morgue. Well, so first Miss well, Fisher tells Jack that she has to... that. You know, Miss Christopher was trying to have a surgery, and uh, she said she's first. First, Jack tells Hugh to take Elsie home unless he's ready to interview Miss Parks, and Hugh's like, Grossmith wants her to sweat it out a bit more because it greases the wheels on fast track to confessions, and Jack just looks horrified. Oh yeah. That must have been what I meant when I wrote more stunning insights from Sergeant G. I couldn't remember what that was about, so I skipped it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have in my notes that Friday is lurking in a very flirtatious manner in this scene. Ugh. She's got her braid in a twist. And she has that she has that sparkly costume under that trench coat. Oh Jack yeah. Knows, Jack knows it. He knows it. And then yeah, she says that she'll just she has to show him. She can't tell him. And I don't like this scene where they go to the morgue. I think it's a little disrespectful. Yeah. And I don't think that this show should have done it. But they, she basically wants to show him that Miss Christopher was actually a hermaphrodite and it wasn't like a fake act. Um, but, yeah, I think it's they should have just not perpetuated this, like, weird fascination that people have with, like, yeah. what's the word but I'm thinking also, of? I mean, also, like, I think they didn't actually have comfort. Like, Friday didn't actually have confirmation of that. And it is kind of important to the plot. So I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of important, like, she could have just said, you know, Miss Christopher wanted to have surgery, like, on her genitalia or whatever, like, they, they didn't have to, like, go and see it for themselves, and, like, it's sort of dehumanizing, and, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I just from a pre... Like, and it also, because, like, it, it plays a role anyway. Yeah, it's not, like, important, so they, they didn't have to have it in the show, but it is yeah. a component of the murder investigation. I also think they could have, like, they could have done it off screen. Like, they could have acknowledged right, that yes. they had, like, confirmed that fact without yes. making it, like, a sideshow. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, so it goes. Um, and we find out also officially in this scene that she was, in fact, strangled, and that was the cause of death. Right. So they look at the autopsy report, which I found this kind of to be a pivotal, like, when Jack looks at the autopsy report, because, like, up to this point, he's been, like, sort of hassling Grossmith and, and Hugh, but, like, he's very much like, Grossmith is in charge, I'm not investigating, but he's definitely investigating oh, at yeah. this point. Like, he is looking at that autopsy re- report, and I think I have the, Friday's flirtatious lurking seems to have done the trick, because she really just wanted to be working on this case with Jack. Yeah. And she's finally gotten him. You know. He wants to see more of that circus costume. Yeah, I think it was the, the flashing of the circus costume that... that yeah. So then Hugh and the lizard are taking a little moonlit stroll as Hugh walks her back to her flat and a burglar, uh, allegedly, um, they have like a little scuffle and he gets sort of gets a hold of Hugh's gun and causes Hugh to sort of shoot himself in the leg. Um, and it seems like in a scene where like the lizard is just sort of leaving him there. She's like, oh, shoot. Bye. Yeah, that's what I had Like she ran off, but then she goes to the police station with him. Yeah, yeah. Run off. I I think she just wanted to go in her house first. Yeah, I think so. I also have that Hugh and Elsie are are walking down those smoky alleys, so we know it's the bad part of town because it's one of those those alleyways with the smoke drifting. Oh yeah, I wonder if there's a a shop selling cocaine on the same street. (laughs) No doubt, no doubt. I mean, it's nerve powder. It's nerve powder. Um, so then back at the carnival, um, Miss Fisher is examining the knives for the knife throwing show. And then for unfathomable reasons, she just goes ahead and shuts herself in the vanishing box while creepy music plays. And then she has a flashback to Janie disappearing basically at the same time as the woman in the vanishing box does. So nice touch. I, yeah, I have in my notes that this seems very risky. Like, she's examining the box where literally someone was murdered. Also, like, she doesn't know that it's not a real vanishing cabinet. Like, I mean, there's a plot of a whole Harry Potter book that hinges on the fact that somebody gets, like, sort of trapped in a vanishing cabinet. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we've already established that Sheridan is using actual magic to survive, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, she could have been caught in limbo for weeks, you know? <laughs> 
All right. She could have <laughs> let Voldemort into the castle. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, this is like two dope queens where Phoebe Robinson won't stop talking about Bono and I won't stop talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> Not that I would ever compare myself to Phoebe Robinson or Jessica Williams because they're both... Yeah. Hilarious, and we We're can only as funny as that. we can only aspire to such heights. <laughs> yep. Um. So then we cut back to the circus where Miss Fisher is getting knives thrown at her by Sheridan, and then like she takes this opportunity to question him about his relationship to, with Miss Christopher. Like she could have waited for the green room for that one. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to catch him off guard. I probably, probably that was it. I guess, but, like, she just, like, comes right out. She's like, I know you were lovers with Miss Christopher. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm tied to this board and you're holding a knife, but tell me about your love life. <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, they call the number that's, like, someone in the crowd is heckling him and calls the number that's right behind her head, and she moves her head just in time as he throws the knife. Like, ugh. I bet she wished she hadn't upset him right before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why was she making <laughs> Uh, so then backstage, she confronts him again, and he won't admit who was giving Miss Christopher the extra money that she had. And he clearly doesn't want to talk about it. Like, he's not giving this fern, nosy fern anything. Yeah, I mean, which I probably wouldn't either if some rando was questioning me about my lover's murder. I'd be like, fuck off. I'm yeah. grieving. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then back at the station, Elsie drags Hugh in. Look what the cat dragged in. Um... And we find out that the burglar was actually Elsie's son, in fact, coming back for his stash. And no one seems remotely interested in getting Hugh medical attention. I know, he's just sort of sitting there and they, like, call Dot, who is not a doctor. Nope, not a doctor. She's not the only non-medical professional that has to see to a bullet wound this episode. Where is Dr. Mac? Where is Dr. Mac? Maybe she's taking some well-deserved time off to grieve. Yeah, she needs it, for sure. Um... So, Else claims that her son has busted out of prison, and she knows it because he left a bag of her favorite sweets and took the family photos from under the mattress. So, obviously it's him. And Jack notices that Hugh has some white stuff on his hands. It's a clue! (laughs) Dun-dun! So then, Miss Fisher is having a drink with Samson to review the clues to date. It would have been a great opportunity for a make-out, but no. No, no. Not this time. Not this time. Uh, she wants to look at Jones's papers. He's against it. Um, and then at that moment, the phone rings. Hugh needs Dot to patch him up. So then Dot rushes to the station uh, to take so wait, care of... So oh. can, we, can we go back to... So Briony is, like, casting suspicion on Jones. Mm-hmm. And, like, he must have found out about the surgery and was going to lose his star attraction... But, like, I don't understand this because you'd definitely lose his star attraction if he killed her in this, like, very gruesome way, in a public way in the show that's, like, gonna hurt business. So, I, I, he does not make sense as a suspect. No, he doesn't. You're right. But she does, I mean, she does get to the bottom of it by looking through his papers. But right, I guess, yeah. Um. So then Dot rushes to the station to give Hugh some amateur medical attention and then Sergeant G arrives and she gives him like a real dressing down. Like she's a modern lady now, you know? I she's... love it. I love this where she's just like, just confronts him. It's, it's great. It makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. She's insulting cops for sure. Also, I note that when she's answering the phone, she's wearing the horrid beige cardigan again. <laughs> but she takes it off. Like, well, maybe it's under her coat, but you don't see it when she goes to the station to attend to Hugh. Right. Well, that's <laughs> not what she wears when she goes to see her sweetheart. Yeah. I'm glad because it's horrid. 
Um, so then next, uh, Jack tells them that they better hurry up the investigation. And then he takes the lizard back to a cell inexplicably instead of to her home for some reason. Although I don't think she's been charged with a crime. Um, yeah. But she's drunk. I think she's drunk. Okay. So, yeah. He says he wants her to dry out at the station. But he leaves her there for like two days. (laughs) No, it's, I think it's just overnight. All right. Well, then she becomes like suicide watch for Amelia. So maybe that's why he left her there. Um, I think maybe that was part of it. Yeah. So then we cut back to the circus and I love this. I love these circus cutscenes because you see like sort of little clips of all the circus people, like which are presumably yeah, just extras. Yeah. But there is a scene of a contortionist warming up that I really like where it's a woman who's bent over and she's doing high yeah. kicks with her yeah, leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I have a circus teacher who's a contortionist and she also does a lot of extra work in films. And I always wonder like, does she, like, is she just standing around or does she actually get to, like, use her contortion skills? And now I know it's stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll also note that back in the jail, uh, Jack is wearing his pinstripe suit again, which is nice. I love the pinstripe on Jack. Yeah. It's a nice little, it's a nice little yeah. difference there. Um, also, Elsa's continuing to insist that her son has broken out of jail. Um, and she tells Jack to call the jail to confirm. I don't know if we said that already, but that is No, we didn't. That's important. It's a clue. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I mean, anyway. So then, Anyways. speak of the devil, back at the circus, Doreen, this creepy snake charmer, is flirting with the creepy clown. Um, and this is confusing to me. Like, she claims that she's just making a bit of money on the side. I guess by... Is she saying by prostituting herself or? I don't know. Is that the implication? That's, I think that's what it says. And then she says this thing that I just don't understand. And I wanted to see if you understood. She said, little Bo Peeps lost more than her sheep. Yeah. in the bath. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know. She says class act in the bath. Or in the bath or the back. I don't know. Or does she say in the buff? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then later you see that she's sort of collecting dues for a peep show which is also confusing because is that one she's doing on the side or is that the official peep show i don't understand I think it's the official peep show and she's just collecting the money at the door okay so maybe she means little bo peeps lost more than her sheep and she's in fact lost her clothes but that doesn't make sense you know i think she probably is just implying that she's prostituting herself i think so but it's a weird way to say it yeah so like, then she's like obviously she's like kind of old like she's older it's like i wouldn't expect her to be a virgin you know like like is she saying little Bo, Bo peeps lost her virgin i don't know it makes no sense she's misplaced her underwear unclear unclear um so then at that moment miss fisher notices that um jones is not in his tent so she and samson sneak in there and I don't like this part because he really doesn't want to do it, but she gets him to do it anyway, where they carry Jones's trunk out of the tent, yeah. and Miss Fisher is not able to open a combination lock, although she claims she could pick another one. Um, and so she convinces Sam to pull it open, even though he knows that he'll be caught, which just seems shitty, like she's pressuring him to do something that would lose him his job. And then, like, they never, they never really say, like, do they sneak it back into the tent? Like, obviously he's going to notice it's gone or that the lock is broken but they never like tie up that well yeah also also they take all the money out of it yeah yeah so yeah i don't understand yeah well inside the trunk is 
animal tranquilizers and allegedly for the lions and serialized banknotes, which are probably from a robbery. <laughs> which robbery could it be? Um, yeah. <laughs> so then we cut to Hugh checking the numbers on the notes and we confirm they are from the robbery that Elsie's son committed the lizard the lizard progeny um so then hugh is like is there really any chance that elsie's son did break out his name is matthew tizzard um and it doesn't seem like jack has investigated this yet possibly because he's not officially on the case it's unlike him though it's unlike him i know um and so then sergeant g arrives at the carnival to take in the peep show and again i don't quite understand this little sideline but um, he sees Miss Fisher in disguise, and he storms over to confront her. Uh, he I also a... know that he, like, takes back his money, which seems like kind of an asshole move. Like... Yeah, also, like, if you look, she's, like, shoving notes into her top, and it's like, everyone else is paying in, like, you know, bills, and he's given, he's like, here's ten pence, which I assume is, like, the cop, right, you know? Yeah, because he's an asshole, he's just an asshole, and it's like, yeah, that guy, like I said, I just wanted to punch him in the face the whole time. Indeed, indeed. So then he rushes over to confront Miss Fisher. Um, he found a rope in Amelia's tent, and he thinks he has it all sorted out. And Samson insists that this is probably just means that someone is trying to frame Amelia. And I'm just now realizing that he is trying to frame Amelia. Yeah, Grossman is trying to frame Amelia. <laughs> right, because I, like, I was like, who would do that? That's really rude, but it's definitely him. Um and, and then he's like she has no motive this makes no sense and then he's like you already have one cop by the short and curlies isn't that enough <laughs> like, it's just like such a gross thing to say it's gross but i feel like this line is also kind of iconic to the series like people mention it a lot and yeah. on the tumblr and stuff <laughs> um which is funny like everyone assumes that they're sleeping together and they just aren't Everyone thinks so. No, yeah. Which is interesting, too, because in this episode, there's not, like, a lot of, like, them. But I guess, like, she storms right into Jack's office. Like, she's always going to Jack with stuff. And Jack, yeah. So I guess it would be obvious to people around. But not obvious to them, apparently. Nope. Um, so then we cut back to the jail where Amelia is trying to sharpen her shank on a bedpost so that she can kill herself. And, like... Amelia, that was never going to work. It's a butter it's like knife. It's the dullest butter knife you can imagine. I'm like, I, yeah. Um, so then the lizard wakes up and sort of talks her out of it a little bit. Um, and then well, Jack comes in and confirms that Elsa's son isn't in prison. Well, he's he, dead. yeah, he's dead. And the lizard refuses to accept this. Um, she's very upset. And um, she begins to tell Amelia all about her son and shows him a picture, which Amelia immediately recognizes and wants to speak to Jack alone to tell him that it is, in fact, the creepy clown. Who we've up which, to this like, point, we've only seen him in makeup, right? Yeah. And like, he's always, Bryony's like, oh, I recognize him, but he's always wearing makeup. I'm like, how do you recognize him? That it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a tiny little photo in a locket. And they're both like, oh, I know who that is. Like, I, maybe uh, he's yeah. not very observant. No, this reminds me of, I'm always talking about the Outlander series, but in those books, there is a extremely overplayed trope where it's time travel, right? So the main character is constantly encountering people who are the ancestors of people she knows. And they they always strongly resemble... Right, sorry, I always forget you read this. They always strongly resemble the person that she knows. And I know you only read the first couple, right? This happens throughout all of the books and it becomes increasingly ridiculous. Yeah. It's like 200 years later. And you just... Like, the genes wouldn't be that strong, because every generation, you're 
you're putting new jeans into the pool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the part where, I mean, even in the, the first season of the show where her husband, Frank, looks ex- and is played by the same actor, looks exactly like, what's it, what's his name, the villain? It, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's in the book, yeah. But, oh my god, it's, she plays this trope, like, in every single book, there's just increasing levels of absurdity with ancestors. It's like every single character encounters some ancestor of theirs, and they're like, oh, I think I recognize those eyebrows from a picture of my mother. It's so fucking dumb. So, like, come up with a better storyline. Ugh, sorry, Diana Gabaldon. <laughs> Who is for sure listening to this podcast. Yeah, no, she's probably just busy taking all her money to the bank. <laughs> I respect your success, lady, but I think you need to work on this whole plot development thing. <laughs> well, anyways, in this show, it is the same person, just in makeup. So maybe that's more realistic. But mm, Definitely. Jack realizes that Hugh had grease paint on him when he got shot. So he's like, oh, maybe it, maybe it was the sun. And then Jack also reveals the lab tested the animal tranquilizer and the side effects are suppression of the pulse and trouble breathing, which would make someone perhaps think that you were dead if you had taken this. I see. I see. And then, of course, the... Um the Romeo and Juliet reference is made that everyone's clamoring for because that's what Juliet does. Right, yeah. With animal tranquilizers from a carnival? Yeah, probably for lions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Shakespeare obviously just had an imagination that predicted the future, so. Yes, yes. I mean, it kind of did. And then Matthew Tizard paid Jones for the tranquilizer with the proceeds from the bank robbery but like i'm just there's a lot of pieces of this puzzle that i'm like how did they get in touch with jones to get the tranquilizer well i think because um the cop the cop was the go-between for all of them and it wasn't just that he paid him for the the tranquilizer i think well yeah it was it was the whole thing he was like you guys help me you cop and you ringmaster jones help me break out of prison and i've got some money that I can pay you with. Right, yeah. It must have been the cop kind of arranging everything. And presumably he knew the ringmaster because he was a frequent creepy peep show, like, <sighs> patron. Yep. Ugh, gross. Anyways, okay. Um. So then we run off to the cemetery to exhume the body, and I noticed that she's, yep, she's still wearing the costume in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps her braid on for this one. <laughs> and yeah the coffin has got sandbags in it instead of a body so she like rushes off without jack leaves jack behind like they came in her car yeah what is she just like drives off she's like see you at the circus rude (laughs) um oh so then finally hugh does some useful detecting and he finds out that the other prisoner in the alleged fight with matthew izzard aka lizard jr um in the that other prisoner was Murdoch Foyle, and it appears at this point our side plot has intersected with the main plot at last. Ugh! Finally, the moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Cut to the next two episodes where it is the main plot. <laughs> um. So then, Miss Fisher rushes off to confront the clown with her tiny little gold gun. Um, he spills the beans. It was all Foyle's idea. Uh, the magician made trick coffins for them to escape, which is hilarious. It's a vanishing box, or is it? <laughs> um, but then they were supposed to meet yeah. at the circus, but Foyle never showed up. Uh, and then Sergeant G interrupts their little rendezvous. rendezvous. Um, okay, so Grossmith comes and puts a gun to Friday's head, and then right. Matthew just kind of like runs off and tells Jones that they have a problem. 
Right. And Sam sees that happening. And so Grossmith is taking Phryne down to the shore at gunpoint. But Sam has, like, alerted Joan. So he runs up and tells him to stop. Right. Um, but it, it turns so it turns out Missy was blackmailing them for their little scheme, I think, right? That's where the money was coming from. She was she was threatening yeah. to... She found out about it and she was threatening to blow the cover. Well, she was the one who was smuggling the drugs into the prison, and she was being paid for that, but she was then asking for more money to mm. keep quiet about no, the whole No, no. How was she smuggling the drugs? What, well, that oh. was the whole... This is the whole part where... Because oh, she was right. a hermaphrodite, that was how she's smuggling them in because they weren't going to search there. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I would guess that in the 1920s, they wouldn't have done a cavity search on any person going into a prison. No, but, I don't think so. But who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we just needed more uh, weird fascination with people who have different genitals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's brief, like... It's a brief, it's a passing reference, but it is like, that's how she was involved, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's um, a big scuffle where Samson kind of saves the day and then Jack and Hugh arrive. So yeah, Sam chokes Matthew and then Boyle was going to pay off the cop, but didn't pay. This is where it really gets really confusing. I had to watch it a few times. <laughs> they're sort of like, there's all these guns being pointed around, but they're also explaining the murder. Like what happened? I'm like, wait, slow down. <laughs> yeah i was just like i could watch this again or i could wait for genevieve to explain it to me <laughs> so then samson hits grossmith with the shovel and grossmith shoots him in the shoulder and then hugh and jack arrive just in time and i have that for once Friday's getting rescued instead of doing the rescuing because usually she's the one that's like rescuing someone but true like kind of needs to be rescued at this point she does <laughs> <laughs> she really needs some help she needs some backup um Oh, so then also in the next scene, Miss Fisher, Miss Fisher is patching up Samson. So another unqualified nurse here treating a bulletin, a bullet wound. Um, but um, so this is where this is where Hugh redeems himself because Grossmith is kind of groveling and saying like Hugh, oh, you'd never shoot a fellow copper, and then he's like, I'd shoot a crooked one. And this is where Hugh. Oh, true. Yeah, it's like I know he went to the pub and everything, but it doesn't mean we're friends now. Yeah. <laughs> So then, back at the station, Jack arrives to let Amelia out of the cell. Why is she still there? Oh, sorry. Why is why is the lizard still there? He's letting Amelia go because they she obviously didn't commit the murder. And then the lizard is still in the cell. Unclear why. Um, but either way, Jack has brought Lizard Junior, her son, to see her. Uh, Lizard Junior. <laughs> <laughs> is it because his name is Izzard? That's why the her, old lizard. His last name is Tizard. Tizard, right? Yeah. Tizard the lizard. Anyway, yeah, I guess. and then <laughs> I just junior works. I felt like this was a weird, like a emotional reunion scene between like, I mean, the man is a criminal. Like, that's what I have. I'm like, this is like really touching scene, but like he also like deserves to be in jail. Yeah, like, like somebody he burgled, somebody died because of his actions. Like it's not cool. It's not cool. But I guess even criminals are still like people, which is. Again, this is another instance of Jack just being a really good cop because he like did not have to let them see each other, but he does. Oh yeah, no, I think criminals are people, but I just don't like it when because I mean this is totally a thing, right? In TV where and movies where people are portrayed as sympathetic that maybe shouldn't be, and you're sort of tricked yeah. into feeling emotions for them that they don't deserve from you. 
But you know what? It's a TV show, so who cares? And I felt pretty, like, this scene, I don't know, it was kind of nice. It was sweet, yeah. Yeah. Um, So then, uh, Miss Fisher, like, back at the house, Miss Fisher's brooding and Jack arrives. And literally, this is the only time that I wish it was someone else. Because I'm just like, couldn't we have just gotten one makeout scene with Samson? Like, come on. But no. Uh, No. And we get, like, a mildly sexually charged scene extremely mild yeah it's not real yeah yeah i wouldn't even really use the term sexually charged i revoke that i yeah she is in her pajamas i guess yeah she's wearing weird little slippers that look like ones like my grandma would wear (laughs) (laughs) so he's come with the news that foil the reason foil didn't show up at the circus was that he was cremated so he's not on the loose he's dead (laughs) haha Uh, psych <laughs> yeah so his his mother got the news the whole plan was that the um the bodies wouldn't be claimed but she asked for him to be cremated and then friday just like goes into this mopey like not mope that's that's a mean way to put it but it's sort of it is kind of mopey she's like i've known the truth all along i didn't notice that jane left and it was my fault and jack's like it wasn't i clear you of all charges which is like sweet i dismissed the charge yeah and then, for once, weirdly, the the closing scene, the, like, camera lens closing, is not a lingering look or a little smirk between the two of them. It is, like, a circus ringmaster, instead, giving a little speech about, like, vanishing. Which I suppose it's, is supposed to lead up to the next two episodes where we yeah, go all in on the... It's foil. Oh, that's foil? It's Murdoch foil, yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, and he's, that's... like, giving this little speech of, like, have we lost her to the, like, great black beyond? Like, it's very, like, it's definitely setting up for more. How did I miss that that was Murdoch foil? I don't know. I just know. thought it was some random guy. No, it's foil. All right, well, I mean, that wraps up the episode. Do you want to do the murder recap? Yes, it's kind of long because this is a really confusing one. And also I realized <laughs> that in this recap, I don't cover the fact that the coffins were made by the magician. So, like, how was he in on He was in on it, too? Apparently. But maybe, maybe he, must have been, he must have been just trying to help Miss Christopher. Yeah, maybe Mr. Maybe Jones was like, hey, Sheridan, we're thinking about doing a new coffin act. Could you build a couple of vanishing cabinets that look like coffins? And he's like, okay. And then Mr. Jones is like, just kidding, we canceled that. Oh, yeah, I guess, like, he wouldn't have even had to know how the coffins were being used. Yeah, but that's sort of like, hey, Mom, can you... Can you give me some syringes? Um, <laughs> just for unspecified reasons. I'm doing a science experiment. And the science experiment is for sure not heroin. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Murder recap. Yep. So Murdoch Foyle cooks up a plan in prison with Matthew Tizard to escape. So Tizard, who's the son of Elsie, the, the local drunk who knows Jack and Hugh well. So this, her son is in prison for bank robbery with Murdoch Foyle. So Foyle hatches this plan he's like years ago i bought animal tranquilizers from a carnival so he's like we could smuggle some into the prison it will look like we died our bodies will be taken out of the prison and then we can escape so miss christopher is enlisted and this is where the the cop the crooked cop must have been the sort of connector here because and foil probably like had charmed this cop because foil's like very evil and insidious and the cop was very corrupt he's a criminal Um, mastermind he's a criminal mastermind foil is a criminal mastermind so he um sets he gets you know kind of sets this all up where miss christopher is enlisted to smuggle the tranquilizers into prison um and then mr jones agrees to help because the circus is struggling so he agrees to use it kind of as a way to launder the sequenced banknotes and then he you know gets a cut of that Grossmith, the the crooked cop 
knew about the stash of banknotes, I think because of these rye boys that were hassling else in the alley. Like, I think those guys must have known about the robbery. So he kind of helps. This is how he kind of helps set, connect all the dots and set the whole thing up. And then Miss Christopher was killed because she was asking for more money to keep quiet. Um, And presumably she was asking because she wanted more money to pay for her surgery. Um, And so the public nature of the killing was meant to serve as a warning to everyone else who was involved in this whole scheme to keep quiet. And then Grossmith, I think, did the actual killing, though this is not, like, super clear. It's not clear, yeah. actually killed Miss Christopher, but... Mr. Jones does say... Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. This is your recap. Oh, no, it's fine. There is that one line where Mr. Jones says, but you didn't have to kill her. And that's like the only indication we get that Grossmith is the murderer, which is why I did not remember who the murderer was until like this end sequence. I was like, oh, right. Um, Because it's like very not, it's not really central to the plot. The whole central to the plot is Murdoch Boyle, like escaping out of prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I also have the snake charmer appears to have played no role in any of it. But it's just generally suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's never the first suspect, right? Even no matter how creepy and suspicious they might seem. Yeah. Is there? Do you think there's a single murder mystery where it does in the end end up being the creepy person from the beginning? Oh, yeah. Sometimes in Agatha Christie books, she'll just flip it on you at the end and it's the person that you've suspected at the beginning. Well, okay. I mean, that's a nice twist. <laughs> Um, okay, so worst outfit, what'd you have? I really did like Friday's fern costume. Oh, okay. I I like it. I liked the dress, but, um, I had the snake charmer's gross outfit. The, like, weird jacket, tank top thing, and the pants. Oof, bad. Yeah, it it was really bad. Um, what about best outfit? Um, so I did, in fact, have the fern disguise as the best outfit. <laughs> no! Oh, I did, yeah. Outfit. Oh my gosh, no, I liked it. Oh. Yeah. It was kind of, like, bland. I don't know. Like, it was very clearly a, like, costume. Yeah, I don't know. And she wore it all the time. I think I was just irritated that it was clearly a costume and she just wore it all the time. Oh, yeah, no, that part was annoying, you're right. Because my best outfit was also a costume, but it was her magician assistant get-up. Oh, I liked that too, yeah. Yeah, the high neck and then like the cutout in the like in her belly, but then she had like this like cool like skirt thing with a lot of purple fur on it. I don't know, I really like that. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. It was very burlesque. Yeah, yeah. Um okay, so murder method. I put it at a nine. Just because it was also convoluted, and as I said <laughs> last week, I really like it when it's creative and convoluted. <laughs> well, I had the opposite reaction. I gave it a three because it didn't <laughs> make any sense. It was never explained why she had to be strangled, stabbed, and had a knife or a snake around her neck, and in a straitjacket, and put in a cabinet to be revealed. Like, and then also, like, how did the cop even get in there? It was just too confusing. Yeah, but it was like really dramatic. Yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> but again, now that the more I think about it, I feel like the cop wouldn't have had that kind of imagination. Yeah, or access. And like, it just definitely seems like the kind of murder that like a very dramatic like circus performer who was kind of twisted would do. And it ends yeah. up being a crooked cop. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Unless maybe, maybe, and this is just like not at all explained. I should probably read the book because maybe it's more clear in the book. But maybe the snake charmer was in on the murder. Maybe she was. Because that seems more like the type of murder that the snake charmer would Yeah, although maybe she just turns out like she's just like aspirationally creepy. And in real, if she's not capable of any actual creeping, like sort of like a teenage goth, you know, just sort of 
the trappings, but nothing to back it up with. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It makes more sense if I think of her as being an accomplice for the Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so what did you have for um, skill of the week? I, I didn't really know what to put, so I put impersonation. Because she, like, takes on this whole accent to play Fern. Oh, yeah. That's funny that you had a hard time thinking of something. Because I literally put where to start. <laughs> And then I have a list. Juggling, tumbling, lock picking, undercover agent, field nurse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, already add, like, the, we already knew about the lock picking, though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And she uses those skills in the next circus episode as well. Yes. Season yeah, three, episode does. one. My favorite episode of all time. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, all right. What about best week? Um. So I... Actually, couldn't really come up with a definitive best week. I think, because nobody really had a great time, right? You know? No. Like, I, maybe Dot, because she just really gives Grossmith the, the what for, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, he deserved it. He did. Murderer. <laughs> Even though she was, like, chewing him out for sending Hugh on this mission, when it was Jack who sent him. And That's so true. And was like, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, what did you have? I put Elsa, Elsa Tizard for the best week because she like gets a she's she was right about her son being alive and she gets right yeah that's true. Um, worst week I put Mister Jones. Oh, because like his whole scheme falls apart and I think he was really just trying to save the circus. I don't think he really had anything to do with the murder. He just was like on this. I mean, he had a lot to do with breaking people out of prison. So I'm not like super sympathetic, but yeah, it was yeah. a rough rough week at the circus. Rough week at the circus, yeah. Um, so I couldn't decide between Amelia and Mr. Sheridan, because Amelia, like, loses her job, discovers a dead body, has to spend the night in jail, accused of murder, like, dredged up her, like, sad husband death memories. But then Mr. Sheridan, like, loses his girlfriend, and and he also has to discover her, like, brutal murder murdered corpse so that sucks for him too wow that's way better than mr jones <laughs> and you know they might all lose their jobs too because like how could the circus go on without the ringmaster i probably can't yeah all right i i um defer to your worst week <laughs> assessment <laughs> all right uh, well i sexual think that... tension no, oh sexual, sexual tension. tension how could i forget sexual tension i well in this episode <laughs> easy to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah there wasn't much Strangely enough, I gave it a five for the circus flash, for, the, you know, the flash of the costume, but, because I was thinking, like, you know, a five is still an F, but, uh, it seems a little high, really. I'm gonna downgrade it to the 3.5. I put negative two. <laughs> negative two! I like it. I like it. You are not compromising, and I appreciate no, it. Was, it was basically non-existent. Even the, the part where she flashes the costume, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do any, like... No. Well, you know what? I think he's gonna he's got that image in his mind and he's gonna be thinking about it all week. All week, right up until the point where she tries to put him in a costume himself. <gasps> I can't wait till next week. I can't wait. So next week we're reviewing at long last season one, episode twelve, Murder in the Dark. Get excited. I am. I am. But I want our listeners to be too. Um, so as always, listeners, we'd love to hear from you. So please drop us a line. Um, and if you like the podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes um, and subscribe. Yeah, I think that wraps us up. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, 
Tumblr, and Instagram. Blood and circuses. <laughs> Blood and circuses. Blood. Blood. I'm sorry. It's Blood. Just... <laughs>